we're going to talk a little bit about play in your hand today. And, uh, you know, lots of times people like to hold their hand and not play their hand. But I think today I'm going to encourage you uh, to play your hand, what is in your hand. Now I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to give them the best poker face you can give them. Go ahead and give them a poker face, all right? Just give them that poker face. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, the writer writes the church and says, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The poker face is taken away. Lots of times we like to hide behind the poker face, but when somebody turns to the Lord, they're able to take their their poker face off and then they're able to reflect what they know. The Bible goes on to say in that passage, for the Lord is the spirit. Everybody say spirit. Spirit. So the Lord is spirit and whoever turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In other words, you don't have to pretend behind a poker face. You can live openly and you can play your hand and you can expect great things. So all of us who have the veil removed can see and reflect. Everybody say reflect. We can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I want to encourage you today to play your cards. The Bible says that God has dealt each of us a hand, and this hand is called life. And I do believe determined on how you see life determines how you play your hand. What is your focus on? Is it focused on having a poker face? In other words, not letting nobody know kind of what's in your hand. We get that way lots of times in life, don't we? And the reason we get that way in life a lot of times is because we compare ourselves to other people. We think that they've got more than we have. Lots of times we uh, begin to to look around and feel like we're without and and they are with. Or lots of times we don't play our hand because we're, we're concerned about what someone else is going to think about us. And you know what? We just kind of can't live transparent and we can't live real. But in reality, I do believe when we know who God is and we know who God says that we are, we can play our hand and we can expect great things in all eternity. You do know that the reason we're here is to fill God's house. And I'm not just talking about the building we're in today, though we're here on earth. uh, We're here uh, to play our hand and fill God's house. So we're going to play a hand of cards together today. Okay, and... I've got the deck here, and you've got some of the cards there. But how many of you know, whenever you play cards, that a full house is an incredible hand? Many of y'all had never been to Las Vegas. 
But a full house is a pretty incredible hand. In other words, when you get three of one kind and two of another, when you're dealt a hand of five cards, that's a pretty incredible hand. And in my hand, I have two kings and one two. Now, here's what I need. I need the the team here to help me fill the house. And if you look at your card, go ahead and look at your card. I just want to know if anybody in the house has another another king. Anybody has a king in here, raise your hand, raise it high. Come on, somebody's got to have a king in here. Anybody got a king? Where are we at? Oh, come here, brother. Let me have your card. Play your hand. Now we have three of a kind. That's a pretty good hand, but if I can find the other two in the house today, you know what? We're going to hit the jackpot. It's going to be amazing. We're going to get a good return on our investment. All right? So do we have a two in the house anywhere today? Anybody got the deuce? Come on. You know, lots of times whenever we get a two, whenever we're dealt the cards, we kind of feel like that's an insignificant card. But can I tell you something? In this in this point right here, it's a very significant card because that, that little two can make a world of difference. Where's the two? Somebody raise your hand high. Where's the two? Anybody got the two? Somebody's got a two. Where's the two? Somebody's pointing over here. Raise your hand. Oh, she's got the two. How did that get on the front row? Come on. Good night. Y'all pretty awesome. They got to speak up. So now I've got a, I've got a full house. I just randomly gave the ushers the deck, told them to dish out the cards. And somehow, some way, the two and the king showed up right here in the same spot. That is amazing. Okay? Come on. Now. What I want to talk to you about over the next few minutes from God's word, it's about lifting that veil and filling God's house and playing your hand. And lots of times we don't play our hand because we're a little shy. We're we're afraid somebody's going to take something from us. Lots of times we don't play our hand, the life that God has given us, because we don't really understand what life is all about. And we live in this protective mode. Instead of living in this, in this mode where, hey, we're about something, we're together in this, we believe in something greater than our current circumstances, and what if we got back to be in the church and got together and became transparent with one another and knew what we were about and used our resources together to do something great? What would it begin to look like? We would fill the house. We will fill the eternal house of God. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus told a story. Jesus was asked the question in Matthew 24, when would his kingdom come? When would the end of the world as we know it happen? Jesus told a series of stories, but today we're going to look at the second story in the series in Matthew 25. And we're going to learn some incredible things about playing our hand. And again, I I hope you're going to be encouraged today. Uh, So often, 
the church asked an important question. The church asked the question for years, where are you going in the afterlife? But I think there is another significant question the church should be asking. Who are you becoming now for the afterlife? Let me say that again. Lots of times people give people a dilemma. Do you want to spend eternity in heaven or hell? That's a no-brainer. Do you want to spend eternity apart from God or with God in a, in a real heaven? Again, and if you somewhat believe in God, uh, you know, you would obviously want to spend eternity with God in heaven and not spend eternity in hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and a eternal unquenchable of fire. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out where I would like to spend eternity. And so we propose that question and we tell people how to have eternal life by having putting their faith and their belief in Jesus Christ. And I think it's a really, really important thing for us to ask people. But can I tell you something? God never intended us to ask people that question and, and just leave them where they are. He intends for us to ask people the question, where do you want to spend eternity? But he also intends for us to, to begin to help people understand uh, why they want to spend eternity, where they want to spend eternity, and what eternity is all about. Because eternity is so much more than a place you're going to go to. Eternity is a person that you are. And you're going to be with a group of people in a place for the rest of your life. And, and so I don't think it's a matter of the question, where do you want to spend eternity? I, I think we really need to be asking the question, who are you becoming now because of eternity? And depending on what you think is coming determines how you play your hand currently, right now, today, 2019. And Jesus told this story. He said, when would the end of the world happen? And Jesus says, well, let me give you an example. Let me give you a story. Let me give you an analogy. And he says it this way. He says, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated, verse 14 of Matthew 25, by a story of a man going on a long trip. Now, that man in the story Jesus is referring to is himself. If you read any bit of the Bible, you know that Jesus has gone. He's ascended. He came. He resurrected from the Bible is what the Bible teaches. Or he resurrected from the grave is what the Bible teaches. And he ascended back to heaven. And the Bible declares that he is going to return again. Okay? And, and Jesus is referring to himself. He says the kingdom of heaven can be uh, illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and he entrusted. Everybody say entrusted. His money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. In other words, he dealt each one of them a hand. But there was an expectation with the cards that they were dealt. See, lots of times people are comparing their card to somebody else's card and not paying attention to what they have in their hand. 
And my friend, I want you to understand today whether you're dealt the ace of spades or you're dealt the two of diamonds. That every card is significant. And every card can fill God's house. There is nothing wasted in God's family or God's kingdom or God's dealing what he deals to each and every individual to build his house. And the Bible says that he, he proportions it out according to their abilities. He then left and on his trip, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and he earned he earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money. Poker face. He hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned Five more. Listen to the master's response. And again, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is a lot like this story. He didn't say the kingdom of heaven was this story. He says a lot like this story. It says the master was full of praise. How many of you know that the kingdom of heaven is going to be full of praise? And it's not just going to be praise in one direction. It's not just going to be you praising God. It's going to be God praising you. But let me say that again. It's not just going to be you praising God. It's going to be God praising you. It's going to be, it's going to be a two-way street. There's going to be a connection in this eternal kingdom. It says the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. The affirmation that every child would like to hear in their life. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Remember, he is comparing this story to the kingdom of heaven. And he's also using this as an analogy to help us understand something. That there is responsibility Beyond this life that you are dealt here and now, the hand that you are dealt here and now. And guess what? How you use your hand, your playing cards here on this earth determines the responsibility that you have in all eternity. Somebody should have an aha moment right there. Because there's some of us here today that we think eternity is, is, you know what, we're all going to have the same responsibility. We're all going to be doing the same thing. But eternity is, is where God is going to assign each person to their eternal, to their eternal responsibilities. And, and so here it says that the master says, I'm going to give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Again, the kingdom of heaven is going to be a celebration. It's not going to be a bunch of people sitting around with poker faces. Okay? It's going to be a celebration. It's going to be a place of expression 
It's going to be, it's going to be a people uh, that are together and transparent and real with one another. And he goes on to say this. He's using an analogy. He says, the servant who received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. I have earned two more. The master said the same exact thing. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver, he came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. That is the view of a lot of people that sit with a poker face in churches and live life around this world. They think of God as a harsh God. A God who is looking down upon them, looking for every error they make, every mistake they make, and wants to whip their behind because they're making making errors and mistakes. And make no bones about it. Our great God is a God of discipline. But he is also a God of great, great love. And he is more concerned with your potential than he is with your current mind problems. And if you can get over yourself and play your hand and understand that God wants to develop your eternal potential, that you know what? It could change your life. And the one who was dealt the small amount of cards, the one who was dealt the deuce, thought he had nothing. And so the Bible says that he, he knew that the master was a harsh man, harvesting crops he didn't plant and gathering crops he didn't cultivate. Look what he says. He says, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. I need you to understand something today. That whatever gift God has given you, he doesn't want you to show up at the end of this phase of your life and say, here here it is, here it is, here it's back. What you gave me, I'm coming to give you. No, no, no. What you need to understand is what you have been given by God is for investment purposes. And again, when we say investments and we talk about these things, all of our mind, because the analogy even uses money, all of our mind goes to money. But in reality, God is, or Jesus is referring in this passage to not, not just a bunch of people with money. He's talking about a bunch of people with with things that are given to them by God and their focus needs to be on playing their hand and what God has given them because there is going to be eternal consequences and there's going to be eternal responsibilities. And he's saying, stop worrying about where you are going so much, but, but, but begin to focus on who you are becoming based on what you have been dealt in this life. And if we continue to look at the passage, the Bible says this, the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. You know what? God looks at you and thinks you are lazy. If you don't trust him and you're not using what he has placed in your hand. And I would argue the fact that the reason that many of us don't do kingdom work with what we have been dealt is because we fall in the trap that this particular servant fell in. And again, the Bible doesn't say so, but he was dealt a 
what the world would refer to as a lesser hand when he had just as much opportunity as the ones who were dealt other cards. And I think this is fascinating because a lot of times when we compare and we look around and we feel like we have been dealt a lesser hand, what we don't realize is whatever hand God has dealt other people, that the story that Jesus tells here isn't about amount, it's about opportunity. And see, everybody had the same opportunity. The master was going on a long trip. Everybody was dealt a hand of cards. And the purpose was to play your hand, use your hand in such a way that it brings a return on what, what the, the master had given them to bring a return on. And the master says, you know what? Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. Again, a lot of people make a mistake when they read this passage. This is, a, this is an eternal story. And again, it's not saying, hey, I'm going to use well, though the principle applies to that. Okay, the principle applies, but it's not, hey, I'm going to use well what I got today and I'm going to get more here tomorrow. No, it's your focus, man. It's your it's your focus. And though we all know that the principle does apply, if we steward what we have here and we use it wisely and use it well, then usually something builds on that. Right. Okay, so it. Again, but, but that's not the teaching here. The teaching is use wise what you have here in this life because eternal life is coming. And you're going to be happy you did not hide and play life with a poker face, but express life with the hand that you were dealt. Okay? And then it goes on to say this. But for those, he says, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to talk to you just a few minutes about, about this particular passage. And I think there's three important questions that we, each one of us, need to ask about, about this passage. And the first one I wrote down is this. What has God entrusted, entrusted to me? What has God entrusted to me? Do you ever reflect on that for kingdom purposes? I'm not talking about your car. I'm talking about what has God entrusted to you? As a believer in Jesus Christ, you can see and reflect the glory of God. You can live life on this earth reflecting the image of God. You can do what it says in 2 Corinthians uh, if, if, if you have had the veil taken away. If you have stopped hiding like the first man and the first woman did in the garden because they hid 
whenever, whenever they didn't play life the way that God would have them to play life. In other words, they believed a lie instead of believing that they were a reflection of the image of God here on this earth. And they went their own way. And the Bible says that they went and hid. Can I tell you why a lot of people hide today? It's simply because they don't have a relationship with God to reflect who he is. And my friend, the Bible teaches that we can come into a relationship with God through Christ Jesus. But once we come into that relationship, the Bible says that the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of us. And the Spirit of God gives each of us a gift for a purpose. And that gift is to reflect the image of God in this world. Amen. And, and so I think it's important for all of us to ask the question, how am I doing with what I've been given? What am I doing with what I've been given? The opportunity that has been placed in my hand. Do I see myself as playing poker with everybody around me? And hiding behind what has been given to me. Or do I put my cards on the table and begin to help other people know the God who has come into my life and changed me from the inside out? Why do we wear poker faces? It's simply a lot of times because we don't understand our assignment here in this earth. And a lot of times, you know what, we don't understand uh, the, the gifts that God has given us and what God is doing in this earth. And, and the Bible teaches this story that each one of them were given a different amount, but their, their job was to invest what was given. And I, I, I started thinking a little bit more about this story. And again, what you don't want to do when you read the Bible is read too much into the story. But I began to ask a lot of questions. Well, did, did maybe the two, the one that had two bags of silver and the one that had five bags of silver, because the Bible says that they both went and invested it and created more, did they just put theirs together to go to something great? See, I think there's a teaching for the church in that. You're not in this alone. You're not in this by yourself. This isn't about just you and God. Though the relationship is between you and God, my friend, you need to understand that God loves the next person down the road from you as much as he loves you and he's dealt them a hand too. Why don't you ask them what they got in their hand and how together you can participate and make a kingdom investment and do something great. This is what the church is all about, man. We We are exercising the gifts that God has given us To make the name of God known throughout the world. But if you don't know God and you don't know what he's dealt you, then how can you participate in building his house? Building a reflection of who he is and what he is up there, down here. Because I can tell you right now, the church, the the people of God is to be a reflection of God 
in this earth as we pull ourselves together, not being a bunch of religious zealots, but being a bunch of relational people that understand our God, begin to understand each other, build one another up in the faith, encourage one another on towards works and good deeds as we see the day of the Lord approaching. What are you doing with your hand? Are you holding it with a poker face? Or are you laying it out and playing it and saying, I got a two. And all I got is a two. But maybe you got another two and a couple of kings in your hand. And if I put my two with your two and those three kings then we can have a full house. And and see, again, I I think the only reason we play with the poker face is because we're worried about what somebody is thinking about what we have in our hand. Or we're worried about they're trying to take from me what I got. And I need you to understand today that God's not trying to take anything from you. God is for you and he is for his purpose and his plan to be lived out in this world. And maybe the reason you are sitting with a poker face is because you don't even realize what God has given you and what he has entrusted to you. The next thing I wrote down is this, am I hiding or hoarding what has been entrusted to me? And again, I do believe that there's a few reasons we hide and hoard. Uh, the, the one in the story here, hide it and hoarded what he had in his hand, the one with the one bag of silver, because he had a, a wrong understanding of who the master was. And again, I, I really do believe that's why a lot of people don't live life to the full and live life as Jesus intended for them to live life. It's because they have a misunderstanding Of who God is. And again my friend. You need to understand today. That God is a father. And he wants what is best for the family. He wants what's best for each and every one of his children. And though his children are a diverse group of kids. His heart's desire is to build you up in such a way that you belong to his eternal family and you can live out those eternal responsibilities all the days of your life. And my friends, I I do believe today that a lot of people are hiding because they have the wrong belief of who God is. I dropped my cards. Lack of understanding, comparison, all of those things will call us, cause us to hoard what we have been dealt. You know, again, I look around at people with some incredible gifts, some incredible cards in our church. It's amazing to me. I mean, the reality of it is, is in this life, there are many of you that are much more even gifted than me. And together, if I could take my little two 
and put it with your three kings. We could do some amazing, amazing things. And I I look around, you know, many of you are are young, you're zealous, you have skills, you have talents, you have amazing, all kinds of things. but, But God has placed some special pieces of who he is in you. And if we could just somehow get over our differences and somehow unite together and us together get a proper image of our heavenly father and then begin to use our hands together to display who he is to this earth. How amazing could that be? How incredible that could be? I just want you to know there's some really gifted children sitting around you today. And, and, and not only in this congregation, there's, there's gifted children in God's kingdom all over this earth. God is doing some amazing, amazing work. And it is supernatural. And to get in on it, all you got to do is put your, put your cards on the table. Play your cards. Use your life. Let God purge some things out, put new things in. So, again, if I am hoarding... I began to ask the question, what can change this? What can change this? And I do believe it's a relationship and it's engagement. It's a relationship with God that the Bible says can only be created through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And and I'm in, in, in firm belief that If Christ would not have come, then I would have not had the opportunity to step through the gate of God's house and and begin to understand that there's more to this thing than what I'm currently experiencing, but, but eternity is amazing. But it's through that relationship that Jesus Christ has allowed me to have with my heavenly Father. That, that allows me to step in by faith and see eternal things. And my friend, if you're not seeing it, if there's a veil pulled over your eyes, I got to invite you to trust Christ. Trust the eternal door. Trust the one who swings the gates wide open so you can get a reflection of what is up there so it can get down here and you can begin to play your cards and use it out. But some of you stepped into the gate when you were 10, 12, 14 years old and you haven't taken one step since. I'm inviting you to look around. Look around in the eternal things. Look around by faith at what God has said. Look around beyond the gate. How many of you know you can't drive in the gate of Disney World and experience Disney World? And what I want to declare to you today, you can't just step into the gate of the kingdom through Christ Jesus and experience all God has in store for you. You have to put to work what God has put in you and you have to begin to take steps and you have to begin to believe what's on the other side. 
And my friend, the Bible teaches on the other side, there is responsibility. The Bible teaches on the other side, there is great reward. The Bible teaches on the other side that God is building a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms, many rooms and many mansions. The Bible teaches that you know what? That there is no more sickness. There is no more pain. The Bible teaches that the tear will be wiped from every eye in this eternal kingdom. The Bible teaches that the, the gates and, and, the, and the streets are paved with amazing gold. My friend, it is an eternal place with an eternal God. Get your hopes up. Get them elevated. Begin to operate here like you got a hand to play because you're going there. Come on, somebody. See, see, some of us are sitting here holding our hand. And some of us are about to clock out on this side. And my friend, it is only by faith. In what God has said and who God is, that you get these eternal responsibilities. And my question is is your heart engaged with eternal things? Because where your treasure is, and again, it's not just speaking of money there, your heart is also. What do you treasure? What do you really treasure? Because that's got your heart captured. And I think that what Jesus would want of all of us to evaluate is what all our hearts are treasuring. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt, there is not one of us who wants to, who wants to, experience eternity apart from a good, good God. Nobody wakes up and says, I want to live apart from God all the days of my life. The only reason you would have that poker face is because you've been deceived. And who God is. And my friend, I use this microphone and this platform and every ounce of energy in the hand I've been dealt to encourage people to see God correctly. And I want you to hear and I want me to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You played your hand and you played it well. And because you've done that, here is more responsibility. My heart is as if, you know what? I I have my father's heart. I wish no one would perish and spend eternity apart from God. And I'm going to play my hand every day that I can to reflect 
who my heavenly father is. Now, I'm just like you. I get in funks. And some days I don't play my cards correctly. But I'm learning. What gets me in funks, relational funks, get down on who God is, is simply deception. It's the deceiver, it's the masters of lies. And he will veil you from the truth if you allow him to. But those who have had the veil lifted can see, my Bible says, and reflect the glory of the Lord. Are you looking for it and are you living it out? Are you in the relationship and are you engaged in living it out? Reflection time, reflection, reflection, not only in your own heart, but you know what? In this world, in this earth, God is doing what he says he will do. He is bringing his kingdom. He is bringing up there, down here. I want to read one last scripture as I close today because I hope God has encouraged you to play your hand and build his house. First Corinthians chapter three, verses 10 through 15. The writer says, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than one already, or that, that is already, we already have, which is Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on Jesus Christ, on that foundation, may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, woods, hay, or straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If that work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if that work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved as he just walked into the gate. But like someone barely escaping the walls of flame. I'm sorry, I don't know which way you turn that passage. Theologically, that passage says that each believer can enter into their eternal life as barely escaping flames like they just walked in the gate and not experience everything God has planned for them. But the way to experience all God has planned for you It's faith in the gate, faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you. And then you keep your eyes on the prize and you keep focused as you're doing life on eternal things. You just keep playing your hands no matter matter how many times you don't want to play your hand. You just keep playing your hands using what you got. And you wait and see what God can do. But my friend, the Bible teaches this thing called perseverance. And that's the heart of a kingdom player. It's perseverance. I keep on keeping on. Even when I don't feel like it. I keep on keeping on even though I got a two. I keep on trusting that greater things are ahead of me. And I'm not comparing what I got to you. I'm using what I got. You use what you have. And together we are building the house of God.
And again, I don't know what you have. Maybe you got four aces. That's awesome. Maybe you got a deuce. Maybe you got a king. But the reality of it is, is you're to put it together with God's people and let's do something great. It's God's vision. Let's build his house and let's do it together. Aren't you glad that God didn't put that responsibility on just you? It's not my responsibility by myself to change the world. The government rests on his shoulders, Jesus. And I know that it's not just my responsibility and I'm not God. So I walk in freedom. And you know, I make the most of every opportunity I have on this aside. But at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to change the world. And it's God's responsibility to deal the hand. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for each hand dealt here today. Each life, each person. Thank you for Jesus, the one who swings the gate open wide by giving his life on a cross to forgive us of our mess. God, if there's one today who hasn't trusted Jesus to step in to eternal things, eternal life, God, may they trust the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ today. May you do something amazing in their heart right here, right now. But my friend, if you have taken that step and you have believed in Jesus, let me encourage you today. Step it up. Let's play our cards. Let's fill the house. Let's believe God for greater things. My friend, there is eternal responsibility according to the Bible. And there is eternal rewards. And I invite you to experience all that God has in store for you. But the way to engage with it is to look around. Don't just step into the gate. My friend, open your eyes and my faith and see the greatness of God and what God is doing. And again, it's a choice you make in your heart to live by faith in God's amazing gift of grace. But may that grace empower you to be everything he has created you to be. Hold on to it. It is a good thing. It is an amazing thing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.